Hello and welcome to another episode of the Culture Hour. My name is Shelley Smith. I am your hostess and uh, today it is my pleasure and honor to introduce to you uh, Dr. Brian Fine. He's the owner of Percentric and I cannot wait to, uh, for you to hear all of the things that Brian and his team provides that's definitely on the cutting edge and you're going to want to listen in and hopefully also respond with some questions. So without further ado, uh, Dr. Fine, why don't you tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit about your background and then why you started this company? Great. Thanks, Shelly. And first off, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the conversation and uh, sharing some ideas and getting some feedback because, as you mentioned, we're we're trying to do some new things. We're trying to do some common sense things that just often um, are stifled by this sort of healthcare structure and system that's just increasingly complicated and regulated and sort of goes against the basic tenets that a lot of us believe in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, my background is uh, I trained in Washington, D.C. Uh, as a pediatrician, in fact and spent about 10 years there, and then came to Norfolk, Virginia, where I am now, and started a, uh, a pediatric hospitalist program at the tertiary care hospital here, Children's, Ho uh, Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters. And then about two years ago, uh, coming up on two years uh, on my own, I've, I've been working uh, with Percentric, and we are a direct-to-employer medical practice that uh, effectively just tries to take care of, of, of a company's people. We try to provide health care direct to employers, uh, direct to their employees, um, and we use modern, simple tools like on-site presence and text messaging. Um, and then as a third piece of our little puzzle, um, we, we, we work with executives to understand health benefits better so you put all those pieces together and, and we, we believe it, it makes for a better doctor-patient experience where we can incorporate cost and care and common sense uh, at the point of care. So. Well, <clears throat> I have to tell you, um, we, uh, we had a brief conversation a few weeks ago. I have since ran into a few of your, um, a few of your clients who have spoke very highly of you. Um, not only with your ability to obviously save them a ton of money, which probably originally brought them to the table in the conversation, but more so your ability to connect and to give these unseen uh, benefits to employees uh, that just gives them greater peace of mind, which in turn obviously gives the employer greater peace of mind and a higher engaged employee, which is you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today. So I, I want to be able to keep this as, as simple for the listeners and the viewers to understand sure. what makes what you're doing so incredibly different. So can you kind of give a, traditionally we do this and this is what you actually provide and give us a, a few examples so people can really begin to understand why you're so, you're so different. Sure, sure, sure. And let me just uh, take a, a quick second to mention that the whole idea of culture, which I know is your wheelhouse, mm -hmm. um, is something that 
uh, sort of evolved into our space because what what we initially you know a couple of years ago would go to companies and say is that we can save you money and what we found is that there are some companies and some sort of industries where the health care the health benefit um, is such a big challenge that to, to provide health insurance or health care for even a small subset of their employees hasn't didn't fit in very operationally yet they were leaving so many of their employees without any sort of health coverage or health benefits at all, um, that we, we weren't gonna be able to save them money on health insurance because maybe they weren't spending any money to start with. Yeah. So we really shifted just recently into a, a really a more cultural approach because that's, that's, where, that's where we wanna be. We wanna start with the employees that a company has and then health insurance and health benefits is a subset of that. As opposed to starting with health benefits and then trying to look at the employees secondarily. And that's been a huge sort of shift for us for a positive sense. It's it's much more confident messaging for us because it's where we want to be and it's the spirit of who we are. So that's nice. Oh, no, um, I, I, I want to stick there for a second because I, I love everything that you just said. I mean, that's a huge uh, mindset shift for a, a company to first of all, live the mission that you obviously have created and the vision that you have created, that the focus needs to be on the employee and the benefit comes back to both the employee and the employer. But first and foremost, the message that it's employee, it's the human being first. Let's take care of that responsibility first. And you're right, that's a huge uh, shift in anybody's mindset inside of a workplace environment and what real wellness actually begins to look like, feel like, sound like. And I, I call it what does right look like. So don't didn't mean to, to stop you, but I just wanted to read no, I appreciate it. And again, I just, it's just as, as a physician who's never, I mean, I've never sold anything in my life. And now I'm out there trying to sell people on my vision and my idea. And it's, it's not an incredibly comfortable space for me. And, um, you know, the traditional sales tactics and all that stuff. Uh, are, are things that I, I'm, I'm working with people on. Like, how do I get my message and how do I do this the right way? And, mm -hmm. and this little shift from, from this cost, hey, I'm going to save you money, to this, I'm going to take care of your people. And oh, by the way, it's going to save you money. Yeah. It's, it's helped me a lot as a physician to just more confidently be able to sit and talk with somebody and say, listen, this may not work for you. Like, I know most, I know all employers uh, care about their employees and how that you you know this how that exactly translates into their operational costs and return on investment considerations um, is going to vary and so mm -hmm. our message of let us take care of your people um, starting with that message has really helped me get that introduction or not not get that introduction to people who may that may not be their priority and that's okay like I get mm -hmm. it um, yeah. and but it certainly has helped me from a messaging and from trying to do this, this salesmanship, which just doesn't come naturally. Well, and it, so, quite frankly, it would rub against the, the, your mission and your vision. So, you know, right. it's a, it makes but, sense. So, okay. So yeah. give it, give us some examples of the traditional versus what it is you do. Yeah. Thank you. So, so basically from a medical standpoint, what we are trying to do is turn the traditional doctor visit, which tends to be, dissatisfying, at times expensive, and sort of fraught with some uncertainty. 
um, and lasts about 15 minutes, but costs somebody a half a day of work or a half a day of something just mm -hmm. to do that. What we've done is we're trying to turn it into essentially a, a three or four day collaborative conversation. And, and I say that because it also defines the kinds of things that we're trying to tackle. We don't want to be a primary care service. There's a few reasons I don't think that we should be doing that through workplaces. If somebody loses their job or one of our clients decides not to renew with us, we don't want people losing their primary care doctor. We also want to build relationships with the community primary care. Um, so we're not a primary care service and we're not an urgent care. So if it's two in the morning and somebody needs help, uh, at this point in our model, we want them to go somewhere in person. Um, but about 70 or 80% of what we're dealing with, um, th those aren't the issues. The issues are people need refills, people need to uh, vet through their Google searches and their WebMD searches, and they're trying to decide. It's really important. Almost every medical encounter starts with somebody who has no medical training needing to make a medical decision of whether they need to go to the doctor or not. Mm -hmm. That's our space. Mm -hmm. And we are, are able to help people manage that model. And we do it in a modern way using text messaging. Sometimes that's how they initiate conversation with us. But oftentimes, even when we do our on-site clinics, we always follow up with a text message that summarizes what happens. And we always follow up within the next day or so saying, how are you? Did you get this accomplished? Do you have any questions? And it allows for an ongoing safe feedback until at some point we say, glad to hear everything's either okay or you have, are cured or you're not cured and you went somewhere else. Um, hopefully we helped you manage that situation and let's close this out, but please be in touch with us in the future. Um, and by doing this through employers, we're able to build a familiarity and a rapport with employees that drives utilization. Um, a lot of people who've never sort of interacted with doctors in an informal way get to meet somebody, see that we're just like everybody else, and just have almost informal conversations um, to help vet through. Sometimes it leads to a prescription. Frequently, it's just reassurance. A lot of things are viral. A lot of things just take, you know, a little talking through. And, you know, Shelly, uh, ultimately, the best diagnostic tool, in my opinion, in most situations, is a tincture of time. It's more important than a stethoscope. It's more important than an x-ray. It's being able to say to somebody, okay, this is what I think it is 90% of the time, 70% of the time. Here is the various ramifications. Um, I know what your insurance is through your employer because I've had those conversations. So we can we can take cost into effect, into a you know, into consideration right now. And let's put all that together and let's see if we can, you know, make a better decision tomorrow when X, Y, and Z is played out. And that's 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 how our model is a little different. It's not a little different. It's a lot different. And I absolutely, um, when I first heard you describe it, <clears throat> thought it was amazing. There's so many positive uh, workplace environment um, outcomes um, with regards to people. And I just want to reiterate, um, again, what we've talked about before and what you just said, but 
from an employee standpoint, being able to have another uh, resource that is responsive and stops me from missing work, that uh, gets my stress or my nerves or my worry down if you know something is wrong. Um, if something is wrong, it stops me from letting it go too long before now maybe I've infected other people that are around me because it was something that could be passed through or on, or now I've made my family sick, my kids sick, and now I've got to stay home for that and miss work. I mean, just the benefit pieces for the overall environment, um, are the overall wellness just continues. You know, the other thing that when you and I first started talking, and then again this morning, is that employers are looking for, and I know this isn't your, your, your mission, this isn't what's driving you, but I have to say, employers are looking for differentiation between themselves and their competitors when they're trying to attract and retain employees. Being able to provide something unique like your service gives them the opportunity to be different. And I can imagine that as an employee, being inside of the walls of a company that really talks about how much they care about me and then they provide this as an option and I've got a deeper reason to stay with and to be engaged and really to have trust with my employer and to feel loyal to my employer, which is something that, you know, loyalty to uh, organizations is definitely struggling uh, now more than ever. And I think that these are things that if you're listening and watching that you need to, to take into account. You know, one of my, my taglines is that uh, company culture isn't built in a day, it's built every day. And it's built every day by things and resources like what you're doing, Dr. Fine. And I think it's just an amazing thing when people talk about wellness uh, from the mental to the physical to the financial and everything in between that what you're doing just aids to that. Um, I'm certainly not a doctor and nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn last night. However, I know that when you get stressed out, your body starts to do things uh, to you, which can lead to, you know, to illnesses. So <clears throat> I just had to, to plug that in and kind of make sure that the, the audience is correlating why you're on the show today and why this is an important conversation. What, what is um, maybe some of the biggest um, concerns, phone calls, texts, you know, three-day consults? Is there any common thread to what you, you and your staff are dealing with with the different employees? Sure. Um, a lot of what we deal with is, well, there's a few sort of categories. There's, there's folks who have fallen out of touch with a primary care doctor um, and their routine refills are, are lagging. Um, and so we, we can help them in that space. Um, blood pressure, diabetes, um, ostensibly or almost always with a push towards finding a primary care doc who will be able to take these things on, um, but not letting their lack of primary care doctor uh, get in the way. So that's where a partnership with primary care um, is a real advantage for us is let, let me, let me find people who I can send uh, patients who are good people who often have insurance, but for one reason or another, um, haven't been able to, to make those meetings or those appointments. And so there's the routine stuff. There's the chronic stuff. 
people who have had knee pain for a long period of time, uh, people who have lingering issues um, that we, again, help sort of manage, triage, reassure, um, some shared diagnostic thought. Uh, something I frequently do is, what have you Googled on this? And it's not intended to be a negative. I still mm -hmm. Google stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's intended to be, what are you scared about? Is there something you saw that you think you have cancer? Well, let's talk about these things. Mm -hmm. um, and then thirdly, there's acute things. Um, a lot of sort of viral, mo most often viral stuff, and that's more diagnostic, but people coming in with sinus concerns, um, respiratory issues. Um, and, and what's interesting, and where I see this as an improvement from an in-person model of care, and I, I get that this is a little tricky, but a lot of the doctoring standards of care would say something like, when Shelly comes to me and she's complaining of X, Y, and Z, it's almost certainly a virus. You shouldn't have to give antibiotics unless it's three days, five days, seven days. And in the current model, the only way to do that is to tell Shelly, listen, this is what it is, but if you still are sick in three days, come back. Mm -hmm. Miss another day of work. Come back mm -hmm. in or something along those lines. And so what we get to do is just embrace and educate. Everything we do is in writing. Um, so we say here, this is coming to your text. This is what a virus is. This is why it's going to get better. This is why antibiotics generally don't help. Occasionally, things progress. And so three or five days later, if you're still at XYZ, maybe we can sort of pivot and make a different decision without you, again, missing any time. Um, and oh, by the way, we're also going to get to follow up with you to make sure that you're feeling better, which helps me know if the decisions that I make are the right decisions. Um, and so those are the three areas that we see a lot of sort of um, buy-in. It's folks who don't have their primary care and are trying to just sort of get their way through because they've switched jobs between insurance, anything like that. Folks who want to discuss sort of chronic care issues and then folks who want to deal with acute issues so they don't miss any work. Okay. Um, are there, um, so we've got viewers that are literally all over the world. So um, just to clarify, you're currently in the uh, 757 area code of Virginia. So the Eastern side, Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads area. How far is your reach is my first question. Then I've got a couple of follow-ons. Yeah, it's a great question. So given the youth of our organization, um, it's, 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 it's taking some interesting sort of shifts. I'm personally licensed in about 12 or 13 states, uh, primarily on the East Coast, but also California, Arizona. And so I can provide medical care. There's some regulatory guidance around that um, beyond the scope. Um, but what we, what we can do nationwide is engage with employers and help them build something similar to what we do. We actually have a software platform that we've developed that goes along with. So we're positioned to work with uh, communities and with large employers, medium-sized employers, to help them find a solution that works for their region, for their locality. Um, uh, and whether it is that we bring on a provider uh, in that locality ourselves, or if they find somebody, we can sort of train around what we do and bring the tools. Um, as, far as, and as far as the actual doctoring itself, um, right now we're, we're targeting sort of in our tri-state area we're anticipating and hoping for some growth there as well. Hope that makes sense. And is that uh, Maryland, Virginia, and North Carolina when you say tri-state? Yep, and DC as well. 
in the DC District of Columbia. Okay, well, very good. Um, well, that answered my second question as well. So what, um, <clears throat> as we start to put a, a, a wrap on today's uh, Culture Hour, what, uh, number one, is something that you hoped that we would talk about that we've not talked about? So there's my first question. Is there anything we've, we need to discuss that we have not discussed? Yeah, so I imagine the folks who are listening um, are, you know, are HR or sort of executives with organizations. Mm -hmm. And so there is some nuance that we've been pretty aggressive at uh, in the regulatory space around HR that I think is really important. Um, we've strategically designed our programs um, so that they safely and comfortably fall outside of the traditional sort of group plan, group health benefit. That allows us to put them in sort of an EAP module um, so that they can be offered to all the employees of an organization as an operational expense and not fall under COBRA or ERISA or something like that. So we've got legal guidance supporting this approach and it really, you know, it, it focuses on our return to work, um, our availability, and in fact, our, our limited scope. We're not trying to do everything. We're not trying to do surgery or um, significant medical engagement here. This is intended to be basic stuff um, that most people get frustrated with and find too expensive. Um, so that's, that's an important thing that gets into some detail, and I'm happy to discuss it further uh, with anybody who, who, who would like. Um, and, and I think that'd be the, the primary uh, emphasis for, for this particular audience. No, that's great. I didn't realize that uh, that fell under the umbrella of the EAP, so that's, that's huge. Um, <clears throat> and I know that you're out and about starting to get out and about more and to be a part of different conversations like SHRM chapters and stuff like that. So I appreciate you, you pointing that out as well. Uh, as an employer who is watching, what, um, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Or when I go on your, guide, your uh, website, where is it that I'm going and looking to begin that conversation? Sure. So there should be contact a form on our website, which is percentric.com, uh, P-E-R-centric, C-E-N-T-R-I-C.com. Um, and uh, we're actually reshaping that kind of as we speak. Uh, I, I, it really is real time over the last few weeks that we've, we've taken this important shift where the messaging and some of the taglines have changed, which is, is pretty exciting. But percentric.com or, you know, you can just send um, an email to, to be fine or Dr. Fine uh, at percentric.com um, to, to get in touch with us as well. And anything at percentric.com will get to us. Um, and we will happily respond. It's, it's a complicated thing we're doing. It's taken me a long time to really try and hash down into, into sound bites. So certainly I would expect people might have some more questions and we mm -hmm. we're happy to patiently discuss those with anybody who asks. Um, I'm also curious before we put a wrap on this, how you came up with the name Percentric. I mean, I, I, I could make some guesses based on the name, but I would like to hear that from you. What, what, what is your, what, what would be a guess? Well, the per from a personal standpoint, so that, you know, person focused, individual focused, and then centric um, around the synergy around what it is that you do, but being a, a more of a 360 scope instead of an, um, a one point guide is where my mind went on it. And then awesome. I get into the financial side. I, I also think about percentages of 
saving participation conversation. So then I can really start to spin down. But so what does it really mean? Uh, it was uh, the former. So first of all, my wife approved. So that was important. <laughs> we were thinking of various names. Um, and, uh, and, you know, there's, there's, there's this movement, if you want to call it that, over the last 20 years, which is when I've been practicing medicine since I graduated and, you know, patient-centered care. So this really is a play on sort of the person-centered approach. Um, the percent stuff only actually came up afterwards. Um, and it's actually an interesting sort of si side anecdote is that when we came up with the name Percentric and I, I sort of Googled it and somebody owned, you know, Percentric.com already, mm. had it sort of stashed somewhere, fell out, I think in Washington. And that was my first uh, effort of like reaching out to some stranger that probably thought it was spam and, and offering to buy it. and in good grace, he, he didn't hold it too much of ransom and, and sold us just percentric.com, which is, <laughs> as you, it's, it's a strangely important thing when you're trying to come up with a business name. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a person-centered approach um, to this whole scope of, of seeking out and, and owning and being accountable for healthcare. We, we want to hold ourselves accountable. Um, we don't want to we don't want to point, there's so many complicating things here where you can point fingers and say it's, it's the insurance company's fault, it's the pharmacy's fault, it's the doctor's fault. You know, employers are approached by health benefits folks who are, so, they're so well-intended and smart, but they often don't have any experience in the clinical realm. Mm -hmm. And so you have this chasm between human patient care and, and health benefits strategy. And, you know, with one side saying it's their fault and the other side saying it's, it's their fault. And so, <laughs> you know, the vision is to sort of bridge, you know, help employers bridge that gap um, smartly, safely. Um, and then with all the, the regulatory stuff as well. So. No, I, I love it. And, and out of that equation, it's the person, it's the individual who gets caught in that chasm, that negative chasm. So I love uh, bringing the human element back to that. And obviously I love the fact that you are a doctor, you've been there, you've done that, you've seen the good, the bad, uh, and, and everything in between. So I love that as well. So thank you so much for being on today. Um, I will add, for those of you who are watching, you will see at the bottom, you'll actually see the website and Dr. Fine's um, information. And for those of you who are not, You'll need to go back to that replay in order to, to listen to uh, the dot com of that. But I think you, you pretty much can figure out how to do the contact. So thank you so much again today. And again, everybody listening and watching, culture is not built in a day. It's built every single day. It's absolutely built on things around the human being, uh, the, the sector of us as individuals. And everything that Dr. Fine and his team is doing is absolutely a caveat around the entire well-being when we think about in, in employee wellness as a whole. So thank you so much. Thank you everybody for listening. Make sure that you uh, share, ask some questions and tell me who else you want to have on and what's going through your minds as it relates to workplace culture. Until then, peace out. Thank you again, Dr. Fine. We appreciate having you on today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me and another guest for the Culture Hour. If you want to go back to past episodes, make sure you follow the podcast on any of your favorite apps and devices. If you're looking for a daily dose, a little short snippet, 
then all you need to do is hop over to the other podcast called Your Morning Commute. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're looking for questions, other speakers, more topics, by all means, reach out. Shelly at PremierReport.com. Remember, culture isn't built in a day. Culture is built every day. Are you spending your money and your time and energy on repairs? Are you spending your time and your energy defining and maintaining? Be safe out there.